This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Clued. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Latest Movie Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the plywood-infused, Matterhorn-screamed, upside-down, tourniquet, pound cake, sound cake, listens to Drake, touches it while he's living hard and fast. Just wonder what's up, sir? Oh, man, nothing much. You know, just living, just living out there, just yeah. dodging. How about you? Yeah, I'm dodging as well. I just got a, uh, I was laughing because I just saw your screen name because we're doing this online. We're not in the same place. And I saw we, we always do uh, screen names that relate to, <laughs> to the movie we're doing. And your screen name is I am Groot, <laughs> spelled like Clute, <laughs> which makes me very happy. I was, I was laughing at, at that. Thank and you. my screen name is not that funny. It's Jane Fonda Donald. The thing is, though, it's a, it's like a little bit of a history. They 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 hooked up. They did. They hooked out during this movie. Yeah, they they fell they fell in love for a brief moment in time. I just want to get that out there before we get into the nitty gritty movie. That's huge. Both born in the mid thirties. That's insane. Is here's the thing. Is it any coincidence that these two? shot this movie i don't know this came out in 1971 they made it in probably 1970 came out in 1971 they were a couple in 1971 nick and justin born in 1972 do you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. excuse me are we the long lost children of this coupling it would explain an awful lot often do get compared to um jane fonda me too i wish i did she's very accomplished she both of them are sutherland yeah i know he just he's royalty nick he is royalty to me. Mm-hmm. You're laughing, kind of, but he is. What kind of royalty? The the highest grade in cinema. Like Donald Sutherland to me is super upper echelon. Not what I mean. Because he has Kiefer. Oh, he's our he's our low energy king. <laughs> <laughs> he's the lek. I don't remember who I was referring to in the last episode with it, or two episodes ago, whatever it was. Is that where I got it? It is. It must. Have, use... It's just stuck in my brain, like that phrase. I don't even remember you saying it. Hold it's stuck in my brain. Hold on a second. I'm actually going to scroll through because I'm going to scroll through our texts because mm-hmm. when you were doing the rundown of the show, I'm positive "low energy king" was one of the things you texted. That's the best. It's it's the best term, and it fits. It suits Donald Sutherland. Who, if you ask me, if you told me, "Hey, Donald Sutherland never took an acting class in his life," I believe you because his. <laughs> His his acting, his one acting move is to roll into scene, do nothing. I, I could disagree more, but Bruce McGill is the low energy king. <laughs> <laughs> he 
he is <laughs> he's it's true but donald sutherland is let's let's call bruce mcgill the low energy prince to donald sutherland's low energy king okay if we could co-signed anyway, co-signed good i'm glad we can get that out of the way so how are you doing fine man are you Squirt. how did you take the news how did you take the news are you okay which you, news i know you what you said no calls for a while are you okay about nev's not coming back for scream six you good are you are you okay can we talk now are you fine have you found your words have you found your words yet my answer to that is was she in five <laughs> I think that's why she's not coming back for six is because five sucks. Almost all scream sucks, except I do like one and I do like the one, but I like four somehow. Okay. But man, scream got a problem. You know what it oh, is? It sucks. It doesn't matter who the, it, the killers never, it's never fun. Like who, it, it's just boring. Right. They always have to do the same thing with the killer. Same know, thing with jaws. <laughs> Every killer in the Jaws series, same fucking backstory. Now, did they? I'm a huge Jaws Jaws fan. I do, of course, like those movies. You know, at least the first one. But are those sharks related? Do they come from the same family? In the book, is, is it like in two? Is it Shark? Is it Jaws Junior? In the book, written by Hank Searles uh, for Jaws Two, mm -hmm. there is an indication that there is some sort of uh, connection. And in the book for Jaws Four. There is definitely a revenge on its mind. Yeah. What is um? What does the Jaws family tree look like? I'm wondering now. Do you we have to the, sketch it out? Yeah. Well, the Brody family or the shark side of it? I don't give a fuck about the Brody family. Are you kidding me? Don't bring that them shits up to me. I'm talking right. about Jaws self. Is Jaws a he? I don't think so. Never get a good look at his dick, though. <laughs> I'm sorry, his claspers. I, I apologize. His claspers. Is Jaws a he or a she? Yeah, it's a huge question. We can't zoom in that hard. I guess if I Googled is Jaws, it would automatically fill in a boy. You and know, then it, there'll be a question of Richard Keel. Yeah, we had to do all the Jaws movies in a row. Maybe mm, for just, July. Jaws July? July. <laughs> well, now we have to do it, except I don't want to watch them movies but the first. You'll be surprised how enriching the entire saga is. You think so? 100%. I just remember... First one's good, the, too. And the... <laughs> and the first one... And the fourth one... I remember, like... Somebody gets both arms bit off. If they're lucky, yeah. I mean, that shit happens. Actually, I, I like two... Brody's kids or something. Mikey? I like Jaws 3 because one of my all-time crushes is in it. Is, is it second or third or first best Armstrong? Uh, you just said it. It's Who's the, the best Armstrong? Armstrong? Two is actually quite good, and three has its moments, even though it's ridiculous, and it's got is, my boy Simon McCorkendale in it. Is uh, that you said that you talk about the you reference the book for two? Is it is it the uh, adaptation of the second movie, or is it a book before the second movie? It's an adaptation. Because then they weren't they going to make a completely different movie than they ended up with? Who knows? And then Jaws four, of course, beloved. Michael Caine, Mario Van Peebles, yeah, Lance Guest, yeah, Mario Van Peebles. Gets killed by Jaws and survives. He gets very strange. Well, I saw it in the theater. He gets killed. I saw it on home video. He survives. He gets like bit in half, and then he like 
te- reattaches himself underwater and lives. I, I wonder why they, they were, decided to keep him but because they, they, audience were enraged that, that he died. He was yeah. They weren't enraged that the movie was a hot shit house. <laughs> they were enraged that Mario and people's died. Did, was it was this like a screening that they showed to his like direct family? Yeah, Melvin members? said, "Fuck this." <laughs> Do you think people that were sad that he died later regret, <laughs> regretted that they were sad and then demanded right. a reversal? Keep him dead. I made a mistake. I think it's a huge mistake that Mario Van Peebles never dated Nia Peoples because then she could have been Nia Peoples Van Peebles. <laughs> Hyphened? Yeah. Nia Peoples is pretty cool. What, she, is she killing it? Is she still around? Uh, she alive? Mm. What, is she, what was she known for? I mean, she. I remember she had short hair. <laughs> okay. That's well, about it. Was she an actress, a musician? I don't remember anything. She was an actress, for sure. And a singer, maybe. Just look up Nia Peoples Awards. She's 60 years young. Maybe she didn't have short hair. I'm thinking I'm mixing her up. Oh, she did have kind of short hair. She was in Fame. She was in Half Past Dead, which is a movie you always talk about. Was she nominated for People's Choice? Oh, she was in Deep Star Six. That's what I remember her from. Nia Deeples? <laughs> Why are you bringing up Nia Peoples? Just because you like her it, name? Because it would be funny if it was Nia Peoples Van Peebles. <laughs> the joke... So good, it gets a second and, shot. And then she gets divorced and marries David Webb Peoples. Mm. So she keeps all the hyphens. Nia Peoples Van Peoples Peoples. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that is a cool name. She's 60 years young. She's still acting. She's Tom Cruise's age soon. Oh, Tom, Tom Cruise isn't 60 yet, bro. He'll be 60 in a month. She's got Instagram. <laughs> of course. And we are subscribing to it. In um, a world full of rabbit holes, this is the colon. Oh man, she's lighting up Instagram. How many followers? She got a picture. She got a picture. Picture of the Constitution. She's got one hundred ninety-two thousand followers. Holy shit, that's a lot of people. Just a bit more than the scope. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit. She beats us. Nick, how is our social? What's the state of our social media these days? Electric. How are we doing? How are we doing out there? I mean, it's power. The servers are powered by electricity that it runs off of. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, we get. There's, there's a handful of people that give us a mercy click, you know? <laughs> yes. yes. I love them. They're great. The rest, you know, I think what it is is they, they smile when they're scrolling quickly past it in their feed. But that's yeah. that's a virtue of its own. You know? Those guys still out there? I, I, yeah. I feel for the people who are doom scrolling through Instagram and we're people. suggested. We're suggested as... Uh, uh, there's no way. We were never suggested. May we there's recommend some- the movie Microscope? And then they're yeah. like uh, hot women and cats. That's all I care about. Instagram, yeah, that's a lot of lot of uh, ladies and a lot of I think a lot of like clothes, a lot of sale items, Tr- knickknacks and, and trinkets on Instagram. A lot of shots of people winning at slots. The thing is, if you even show a, a slight curiosity with an item that they're hawking, mm-hmm. you're in trouble because you'll get nothing but. Like if you if you liked a picture or you saw so like a. They suggest you looked at a picture of cereal, then it would just push cereal pictures on you, right? Yeah, it's or, my dream. Or if, it's my or dream. If, yeah, or if an ad for this is use something innocuous like a baby's bonnet. You, yeah, you know, you 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 had a curious click at, at a baby's bonnet sale that they're having. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, your feed's blown up with baby bonnet vendors. So I got twelve. Did you mean you meant to say boobs? Mm-mm. Baby boobs? Is that a no? Just I'm saying oh. is that what you're. No, I like where your anyway, heart's at. Maybe we should get a Twitch account. And then just twitch it up. I'm sorry. Next check. Next next check. Checking his phone. You want to kill another yeah. platform? 
I think they'd survive us. Anyway, man. We're beating around the old proverb. Guys, it's a movie microscope. Mm. So we'll resume it. We'll get snake bit in the spots. Shave ourselves a handlebar beard. <laughs> Turn money into footsteps. Put normal clowns into sewers. Eat up some din-din. <laughs> Pump the news through the soundbar. Watch a movie with distorted backwoods, sandblasted monkey ranch eyes. Skip uptown. See what makes or breaks. Show what the likes to you, the listener. So if we're talking about Portrait of a Lady. We've been talking about the scene where Johnny Malk swings a poop-filled pillow around the room. Impress Nicole. Get that art gallery sheen shit going. Talk about the little moments. Well, now that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> so we're going to... <laughs> poop-filled pillow, huh? <laughs> And then, and also doing it to impress someone. (laughs) Curious. What's your relationship with Clute? Well, I know it primarily is a punchline delivered by you. You just use the name. You think the word Clute or the name Clute is very funny. And so I've never seen this film, but it's kind of a big movie for you because of the name. Mm -hmm. But you also kind of like this movie as well, I think. But but it was a cipher to me when I watched it this time. I. A few things remember I remembered quickly, but the majority of it I don't remember at all. It, I really didn't know much about it. I like mean, I, the most famous, I didn't know Donald Sutherland and Jane Fonda were in it. The most famous thing from this is Jane Fonda's hair, right? That's kind of what everybody kind of knows from Clute. She had like she has kind of a mod haircut or something, and I know she. And then you know she won the Academy Award for this uh, movie, so I knew it was set in New York City. I knew that she was a prostitute. That's about it. I knew D. Sutherland was in it. I, that's all I knew. What do you think about the hair? I mean, the hair. She looks good in it. I mean, she looks, it's, it's different. No, this is. She looks. This is what I was gonna say to you. She looks like Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap. She's the same hair. So I was gonna and say it, she's the third Gallagher brother. Yeah, for sure. But I, I swear, I feel like the Spinal. Not, it must not be, melon smashing Gallagher, by the way. Just, just to clarify. <laughs> I thought that. Um, I wondered if Spinal Tap, if that's like a joke, like they. Gave uh, Christopher Guest the Clute hairdo as a joke. <laughs> you got a hair it clue? seems very similar. Hair clue, yeah. I don't think so because I mean, there's a that's common, right? Isn't that wasn't that a common look? I don't think it was because no, I you're think right. It caused a stir. Yeah, yeah. Common's bald. Never mind. Who knows? I mean, can't zoom in on the haircuts of the early '70s. That's not our job. You know what's funny? I thought I don't know if it's makeup because of the character, the, the kind of role she's playing. Mm-hmm. That movie is 51 years old. She looks know. not too young in it to me. She looks young, right. but she she looks like she's a little a little beat up. I guess that's the role, but it amazed me. Both her and Donald Sutherland were not young, really, when that movie got made. No, she's like in her 30s. And they're still here, and they're still sort of badass and vital. They're still killing it. They still work all the time. Yeah, right. Both of them. And they're in their 90s. They're not in their 90s. Jane Fonda's in her 80s. I guess Sutherland is in his 80s. He's not I, 90. I thought, they, I, thought, I thought they're in their 90s. Well, when people no, listen I to think, this podcast I think Jane Fonda's like 87 or something. Oh, so she's, I mean, she's barely young. I mean, she's still fruitful yeah and she I'm, works a lot i'm talking i'm, I'm uh, this is for the listeners who are listening to this in 2032 before i was totally wrong she's even younger than that she's 84 literally the first time said we said 84 and young in the same sentence well i said she was 87 i was wrong she now he has obviously a handful of delightful children that we'd like to name drop whenever we can mm-hmm. does she have any famous kids bridget jane fonda it's bridget peter bridget fonda is, is not peters her. peters peter's kid I think I don't know. Jane Fonda, I think, has 
I don't she think she, ha- ha- she has to have kids. Why? She does. Yeah, because she's all about bringing voices out into the world. But I wonder if she has. They just got smart and didn't get into showbiz, maybe. Yeah, maybe they all have blue highlights on their wiki- her Wikipedia, so they do stuff. Maybe they just weren't. We don't have to go deep into her whole Troy Garrity in this. Troy Garrity, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't zoom in on her kids, but she's got three. Good for her. Probably from different yeah. men. So I remember mm-hmm. she was quite a. Uh, she went out there. What does that mean? She has a lot of conquests in her uh, black book. I know she had a lot of famous husbands, right? Like her, she was she was married to the director of Barbarella. The Roger Vardem or something. I can't remember. His name. And he was a, I think he was kind of a controlling douche. I think that's kind of what got her more into you know, feminism. And, you know, one of the reasons she took on this role, you know, she's kind of, I think, a little tired of, of some of the roles that she had been getting. You know, she's a good actress. You know, she get her getting the Academy Award for this certainly proved that she could do that high drama, you know? So, uh, what's the premise of Mr. Clute? It's a good question. There's a uh, man that goes missing. He, doesn't, he lives outside to NYC, right? And he, he goes missing as a businessman. Pennsylvania? Yes, that's right. Pennsylvania, because that's yeah. where Clute's from. And so he's connected. This guy that's missing is, being, is connected to a, a, a call girl or a, a prostitute in New York City played by Jane Fonda. And Donald Sutherland's character is a cop back in Pennsylvania, a family friend. You know, all the leads have kind of gone cold. They don't know what happened to this guy. They don't, they don't know if he's dead he's missing if if he's tied into some some crime and donald sutherland decides to leave his small town and go investigate in the big city and you know he contacts jane fonda but really it's a movie about her character it's really just about it's it's very much like almost like sometimes a day in the life of 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 her and her psychosis well and her struggles as a as an actress as a wannabe actress and then her life as a prostitute and you know her humble existence in like this kind of rundown apartment. Well, it's like, does, is it a rundown apartment? It's kind of a spacious depart- apartment. Actually. It's small, but it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. But she's also, there's also scenes with her therapist where she's talking about why she is who she is. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a, it's a strange film. What, what did, what did you think of it? By the way, like you, I know, did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a sucker for movies where uh, Donald Sutherland gets laid though. Yeah. That's what it's about. She's a she's and, and there's somebody who may or may not be terrorizing her. Donald Sutherland, is, former cop, is uh, hired to uh, investigate this guy's disappearance, and he gets a little too close to Jane Fonda's character. And well, yeah, out. he it, that's his uh, end, his end to like this the, the life, like because they this man that goes missing, they find like letters addressed to this prostitute or typewritten letters that are pretty salacious, and his wife is kind of dumbfounded because you know he was a she had no idea that he was leading a, a double life where he would like visit prostitutes and things like that. And so it doesn't ring true to her. It doesn't ring true to Donald Sutherland. So he, yeah, he goes to kind of investigate. And, and as he's doing this, as he connects with Jane Fonda, she is getting like these midnight calls. She's getting followed by some, you know, you don't know who it is. The um, worst offense is sometimes they'll leave trash outside her door. No, there's a worse offense than that. Oh, okay. Her name is Bree Daniels. I wonder if she's a relation to Stormy. Is her last name Daniels? Yeah. Yeah, her first name is Bree. B-R-E-E. Is that her real name? Yeah, 100%. Is that her? Yeah. Bree. And I believe that's also the town where the uh, Prancing Pony can be located. Tagline of this movie is lots of guys swing with a call girl like Bree. That's really? the one they landed on. Oh, my God. One of the best taglines in history? or That's something we should probably add to the end of the show is a tagline. A new tagline for yeah, yeah, maybe we'll try it out. It should be what the you know, come see our movie and find out what the fuck clute means. They it's still 
doesn't make sense that this movie is called Clute. Other than they're like, man, we came up with a great last name, Clute. Let's name the movie Clute. You know, like, yeah. what's the thinking on that? Because it's really about her. I would choose the tagline, you can never be too uncool to fuck. <laughs> they had a workshop. They had a think let's call it brie that makes more sense they call it because the so donald sutherland's character's name is named john clute and they call it they call him clute i guess he kind of white knights a little bit is that why like he's like the hero in a way he's sort of a voyeur himself though they undercut it i don't think he's a voyeur he's a, he gets a little he's a little too uh into her business she's a tangential witness at best in this case Mm-hmm. She received typed letters from somebody they think might have been the guy that disappeared. That's about it. That's about the only connection. Well, that no, she they they think this guy's seen her. He the reason that he's so up in her business is because he does not have any other leads. He doesn't know he doesn't know anything about the world that she's in and he needs to investigate it. He needs to And so that's why. You know, that's why he's tethered tethers himself to her. She tries to re- rebuff him and and ignore him, but it doesn't work. And then, of course, it makes her, you know, kind of fall in love with him, which is which is strange, but it also kind of makes sense, I guess. I wouldn't call it love at all. She doesn't know they fall in love, but she, well, I think in a way, she she definitely falls in something for him. She likes the fact that he's different than her Johns, but he's ignore he kind of ignores her advances, I guess. Go Legendary ahead. filmmaker Alan J. Pakula directed it. Yeah, love, 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 great films he's made. Did he do? Did he do Three Days of the Condor? I don't know. I know he did All the President's Men. I believe he did the Parallax View. Presumed Innocent more recently. That's one of the last ones he did, I think. Presumed Innocent's pretty good. It's great. I told you that story. I know I've said it before on this podcast, but probably a decade ago or another podcast. That when I was in college, the author of Presumed Innocent came to talk to us. And, and one of my Turo. teachers... Yeah, one of my teachers, who I guess was jealous of his success, fell asleep during his lecture right in the front row. I don't remember. I guess I, I guess on purpose. Think so? Little shade, little shade to the popular author. I think, yeah, I think it was on purpose. Maybe fell fake asleep. It was boring, I will say. Was this? And he and he call, kept calling Harrison Ford Harry to us. I think to to show the familiarity that they had. You got it. He did. Um, Got nominated so, for that, didn't he? he did harry he didn't do three days of the condor he did um starting over pelican brief um sophie's choice i don't like when somebody laughs when they say pelican brief a little chuckle at the that's that's hard I like to include sterile, speaking his, of shade his, his first mo- first movie is the sterile cuckoo. cuckoo yeah which that's funny jeff goldblum just mentioned that movie on conan's podcast another masterpiece the cinematographer gordon willis did this flick obviously known for the godfather yeah this movie certainly has a very influential look to it in fact matt reeves recently was name checking this movie as an influence to his the batman which i don't know if you've seen yet nick you skipped that one saw it could not right. stop thinking about clue <laughs> is it because because robert pattinson keeps talking about it to to his uh, victims have you seen clutes like in the dark <laughs> First, that would be a that would be a frightening thing to hear from like a alleyway <laughs> yep. as you're passing. Yeah. Have you seen Clute? Honestly, a probably more Run. effective than Vengeance. <laughs> I almost didn't want to see the movie based on that line delivery in the trailer. Is that why Batman's uh, cowl is shaped is like Jane Fonda's hair in that movie? Let's talk about the first scene, Nick. It's a can dinner we, scene. Can we talk we about the old Warner Brothers logo. It's so nice to I see. Didn't, it's old. 
WB. What's it get, describe it to me? 2D, very basic, simplistic. There doesn't have the fa- fancy look to it. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, dinner scene. No, it starts off. So we, and it's a really interesting scene. It's an interesting way to start the film. It just goes right into this dinner scene. There's no music. It's just, and it's just like shot like this natural dinner scene. You don't really hear dialogue. It's people talking and you know eating and food you know you, you, and you just see this you see sutherland and you see the guy who ends up missing uh, you see a couple characters that you kind of see in the rest of the film but one thing i noticed nick that connects it to our last film which was law-abiding citizen correct donald sutherland is eating a spear of asparagus holy shit holy he has shit. it on a fork by the way he has it on a fork and he's eating it in the last movie Gerard butler has it and it's, he just eats it. He holds it and he eats it. See, now I need one to rewatch thing- this movie so I can visualize his piss smelling bad in the next scene. <laughs> I have this exact note. Zoom in on my nose. His pee gonna smell later. You ate asparagus recently. Twice in, in two days. Me. This is something that you normally don't do, right? You, you're not a fan of that vegetable per se. No, I like the vegetable. I just don't like the payoff. And how did it go for you? It was, it was worth it. Was it? Because I was so exhausted at the end of the day after I was in, I was in meetings last week Mm -hmm. and I was so exhausted at the end of the day, everything that happened once I got to my hotel room, is a absolute mystery. I I remember I turned on an episode of a show and did not make it past the second credit. Oh my gosh. That's like me reading a book at night. Yeah. So I honestly, my, my. My wee-wee was the farthest thing from my mind over the next couple of days. So uh, you know what? That's the secret. Eat asparagus when you're busy, you know, because it's good. It's good for you, and it tastes good if it's crisp. Like we Let's perfect. just stop the show. Uh-huh. You just zoomed in on asparagus. It is healthy. It's good for you. Yeah. That's a that's a, that's a a huge zoom. Thank you. And it's, what did you say? It was crunchy? It's got a good bite, you know, when it's got a good bite. A little pop, a little snap. I made the sound effect last episode. I'm not doing it again. You did. You talk about the bite a lot when you talk about asparagus. When I talk about most food, I talk about the bite. The bite's so important. Were they eating asparagus in um, Testament? No, they were eating uh, toxic, soon-to-be deathly fumes and shit. So their pee smelled too? Lucas Haas's pee was blood-infused, and he was soon helping asparagus grow in the native soil. Cops come over and they say, hey, woman, that was just at this dinner party that you saw you know, that we all saw, like she's getting interviewed by a cop and he's like, you know, he starts spilling tea on the husband. You know, he's just giving all these grisly deets to this poor woman saying that, you know, did he, did you guys have moral or sexual problems in your marriage? Did he have a girl or a woman in New York city? And you know, the poor wife is like, what? I didn't, you know, he's like, um, he lived a Jekyll and Hyde existence. He didn't. The let, Yeah. And that's what, that's what they're saying. But yeah, he's spilling the major tea on this guy and it doesn't end up being true actually. Right. And it's tea smell weird. And there's and, and it's funny during that dinner sequence. There's a scene where the he and his wife exchange a really loving look amidst this boring dinner conversation. So it makes it even right. more surprising that he would be a man that lives two lives. I mean, not that surprising. You kind of believe it when you hear this cop. You're like, this guy probably is running around on his wife. Of course he is. He's a jerk. That's what you're thinking. But Donald Sutherland. His spidey sense goes off, I think, a little bit. John Clude is like, hmm, this doesn't sound like my friend Teddy Bargain. What is the guy's name? I think I it was. I think it was Teddy Bargain. Doesn't sound like Teddy Bargain. Tom Grunneman. Close. Almost, huh? Mm-hmm. This doesn't sound like Tom Grunneman. So then you get a scene 
where there's a cattle call of these actresses. Jane Fonda's in a kind of sitting down with a bunch of, you know, does she have a sex scene before that? I think she does. I think we're introduced to her with one of her, her Johns. I think the first thing we see her in is she is knocking on, she shows up at a guy's house. I don't think so. I think it takes place afterwards. Okay. fair. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I can't zoom in that hard, but so anyway, she's, she's, you know, and this, these, these men, this, this man and, and a, and a woman, these, I guess cast, they're casting for something and they're a commercial and they're going through and just very loudly judging these women, these women's looks like why they're not right for what they want. They're very loudly judging them in the open. And, and, and in the background, there's like these huge, like, did you notice that huge, oh, like Dan, artwork. Andy Warhol paintings almost not, not Andy Warhol, but it looks like these gigantic, right. it's a very kind of, Stunning shot, I thought. Interesting shot. But the big dilemma in this movie for her is she 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 went to New York City to become an actress. She's not very good, and she's certainly not making a living as an actress. And so that's why she's turned. To I don't her. think that that the, the most interesting thing about that shot to me though it's a tracking shot where we're completely focused in the face of these women, the people that are judging them. We don't see their faces; we just see their kind mm-hmm. of torso, which makes right. it even more like I think it makes it even more effective because you see these girls who are all stunning for the most part, eliminated for one reason or another. And then of course culminates with uh, all of them being whisked away. None of them getting the, the job. And of course our Jane Fonda just finding another failure. That seems, yeah, that seems it, a really it, cool scene though. I thought it is. Yeah. They get up, they leave. And then uh, another group of 10 women file in to sit, sit down in their places. You know, makes like me realize I would be an awful casting agent. Cause I'd fall in love with all of them. I'd be like, you're amazing. Don't ever leave. You know? And then the next <laughs> one, like you are so perfect. looks like we're going to have 90 women playing this role. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they were those. It'd be interesting to look up to see if it seemed like they they had some obviously models working there. I wonder if they were some famous people at the time. There's one that's like two over from her, maybe next to her that is very familiar looking and attend. And how do you how do you eliminate anyway? Yeah, they, they eliminated her because she had been member. Yeah, they've seen her they, in something else. In they saw her in something else. Yeah, and then they got mad at her that she would come in for this. Yeah, yeah bunch of assholes. And then, and then the next scene is her with her John, because that's right. Because every time she she kind of is coping with not getting these jobs by getting the easy money by going to a phone booth and calling a customer, mm-hmm. basically. And I love that scene because it's you know she it shows that she's good at her job. You right. know, th- this guy lets her in, and she and she she controls the entire situation, and right. um, and uh, really does it very very uh, polite and very complimentary of him. And the best is they cut to him on top of her going at it. And she's going, what is she saying? Justin, do you remember? She says, Oh my angel. Yeah. Then he lets out a little squeak. Like he's like, I guess he maybe hit. Yeah. Hit the, hit the height there. And he did a little squeal. Poor little guy. She's looking at her watch. He hit the wet jackpot. as they say. (laughs) The thing that's interesting about that scene is that she is all business, right? Like she's, she's very like seductive, but she's also weaving in like, you know, tell me your fantasy. We can do anything you want. Here are my limits, but let's get the money out of the way first. Like she's all all business the whole time. And then there's some narration that takes place before that. That's talking about a good crawl girl will turn 600 to 700 tricks a year. And so you're supposed that's, that's basically that's they're, they're telling Jane Fonda's story here. Also telling her story. She's wearing an insane necklace. The line producer was able to stay on budget by eliminating any bra usage in the film. Yeah, well, this is the 70s for sure. Yeah, no, not a lot of bras in this movie. I don't think Sutherland wore one. No. Although she does at one point question him and asked what his bag is. Right. Do you remember that scene? Yep. Do we see his bag in Animal House? 
Maybe. She says to him, what's your bag? Are you a button freak? Yeah, I didn't understand that one. Is it like, I, the only thing I could think of, because she lists a couple things, but the button freaks stood out because I had never really heard that. Is that someone who, you know, dials someone's number and he, does a heavy breather? Is that like, is a button like a telephone no, button? Or was it back not. then, was it rotary? No. I can't zoom in. Maybe it's belly what buttons. Could it mean maybe that it's belly it's... buttons. Or maybe he likes to put buttons on, or maybe huge fan of red buttons and he plays his comedy albums while they're making it. I tried to look it that up, makes but no one knew. Sense. I know what it is. What? Do you get off when you see Diego Luna's character in Open Range? <laughs> 30 years in the future. Can't wait. Do you mose your bush or is it? So, yeah. So she does have this first this first thing. And then she goes back to her apartment. And she, um, which is above a funeral home, by the way, I think. Doesn't she live above a funeral home? Absolutely. And she's smoking some weed and kicking her feet up in a, the cutest red, red robe. Super long. Lighting candles, just having a just having a blast. She's like, a little happy song to herself, and it's a little ominous. There, there's she kind of stares like there's someone maybe watching her. She doesn't feel protected, even though it, it seems at first that she's relaxed. There's something bothering her, and and there are a couple of shots where you see that she has reason to worry because there is somebody watching her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a creeper out there. It's creepy, and then she goes to bed and she's reading a book by Linda Goodman. I zoomed in. It's Sun Signs. Oh. Published I mean, in 1968. Yeah. And it set the, I think that set the stage for astrology. Like, you know, the, that kind of craze that, 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 go, that, that continues to this day. Right. Now, I'm not saying it was the first, but it seems like it kind of was maybe one of the influencers on that stuff. Uh, she brought, this author brought metaphysical consciousness to millions of reader around, readers around the world, including Jane Fonda and Clute. That cheapens Bree's character that she's reading that horse shit. I don't mean to zoom in. She's horse shit. Then she gets a call. She gets a midnight call, Nick, on what the they, phone. What does the call say? Nothing. Oh. It's a little heavy breather. It's Gary Cole from Midnight Caller. Remember that show? <laughs> Remember Gary Cole had a TV show called Midnight Caller? Fuck no, I don't know that. But now I wish it was... Way back in the back in the day? Was it a, it was a reality show? Fuck no. Was it, he was a Midnight Caller. It was two seasons long. Was Gary he, Cole was the lead. Was he a villain? No, he was like the Midnight Caller. When I think of somebody think, calling at midnight, it's a villain. I think he might have been like a maybe I might be getting it wrong, but like a kind of a radio personality that doubled as a detective, if I'm remembering right. Midnight oh, caller. Are you kidding? How does this not get a revival today? Gary Cole was ahead of his time because I remember that show was kind of a joke, but Gary Cole continues. You know, American Gothic. He's so good in that movie, that show with uh, with Lucas Black. Our boy. Guilt-ridden ex-policeman hosts a late-night talk radio program while getting involved with his listeners' problems in his off time. I was sort of right. And it was Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Rocking the same hairstyle forever. I like, okay, so the next morning, Clute shows up at her door, right? But mm. not before she makes her own private Orange Julius. It's the best news. I mean, she's living the life. And I, was, I did some research of myself. For myself there mm -hmm. about orange julius because i mean you know obviously they're still existing in some malls right orange julius you'll see it right. from time to time usually paired with a, a dairy queen or an aw or something like that but when we were kids that was the shit's knees yeah we've talked about this a little bit before but i i agree i never liked orange julius it was always something that creamsicle was people wanted me to like and i never i just found it gross but i bet i'd like it now you know? But I went and I looked at some of their early marketing and it makes sense why she would make it because their marketing 
slogan in their first run was the perfect beverage to bang a stranger. Oh, really? Yeah. It tasted like icy orange juice. It tasted like a creamsicle. I never got that. I just always, it tasted kind of bitter and I didn't like it, but I bet I'd like it now. We should go find one. Didn't they have different flavors sometimes? It wasn't just orange based. Yeah, they did. They, they branched out once they knew that they had the best. <laughs> you can get like raspberry orange Julius or raspberry Julius. By the way, Julius. if the Grim Reaper had a sweet tooth, he could have a creamsicle. Wouldn't that be adorable? <laughs> John Clute shows up at her door and wants to ask her some questions. And she asks him a few questions. And then when she finds out that it's sort of elective, she just closes the door. He's thinking she's going to come back. She don't. Well, he thinks she's going to, she got her chain up. And so what you do is you close the door, you know, unclasp a chain and then let him in. That's what he thinks is going to happen. He just never comes back. Yep. It's pretty great. Um, but he waits for her outside the apartment. Anyway, we, we forgot to say, may have mentioned earlier, actually. She is talking, they do intercut like three or four times in the movie where she's talking to this therapist, a female therapist about her life played by vivian kind of why why she's you know why she's doing this what she doesn't like her attitude towards men and then later on her attitude towards john clute it really is just her talking it's not the therapist doesn't have much to say other than roll her eyes and just you know look at her watch go oh god jesus get over yourself that therapist freaked me out her hair was way too high and her head was her face was way too low her face was i mean very condensed to the bottom part of her head, and her hair was condensed to the very rest of her head. And well, why don't you weird. say it a little bit louder, Nick? Can you say it a little bit louder? Maybe raise your chin up to the sky and shout heavenward so she maybe can hear your criticism of the of her, of her hair. It's her it's really her face's problem. It's not her hair is sort of innocent and her face is a huge mistake down low on her head. But she's also sitting she, sideways. I don't think she heard you. She's sitting Yeah. She's sitting sideways and looking at her the entire time, which is gross and weird. And her face is sit sideways. It fucks You're right. me up. It fucks me up, and her face is way low. <laughs> she did pay the ultimate price. She did die in in 2015 at the age of 98. She had a good run. She did. She's at 98, huh? Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Your criticism could have came a little sooner, huh? Could have said it. She's in Clute. That's what she's best known for. Oh, whoops. <laughs> St. Peter, Peter has a special rubber stamp with the word rejected on it for people that show up to heaven with those weird low faces. <laughs> I got a place uh, that guy, fit right in. The guy that played uh, that played Tom Grunman, the missing businessman, Robert Milley, who did pass away in 2019. Here's the problem when you're an actor in 1971. You're probably dead now. Well, it's been a long time, yeah. Is how about Dorothy Tristan who played Arlen Page? Is she still out there? She is. She lives. And she's still acting a little bit. A little how many Dorothys do you bit. think there are left in America? Because they stopped making Dorothys probably in the in the in the early seventies. Oh, I like the name Dorothy. Really? Dot Dot for short. People I do like Dot Dorothy Dot for short. I like that. Um, let's By the see way, here. Folks, um, don't underestimate the quality of that Zoom. My favorite is I said it, and before you could criticize me of it, you like, I like the name Dot. It's cute. Like, we had a cute exchange before your cynicism came in and screwed it up. What's your daughter's name, Dot? What's that short for, Dots? <laughs> dots is my, my dad's favorite candy. Do you ever have the candy Dots? Yeah, I love candies that could give you lockjaw if you chew it. You're thinking of jujubes. Dots are soft. No, dots are like large jujubes that are softer and adhesive. 
Dots will glue your Ju- mouth together. Ju- Jujubees no, ju- are the nightmare candy. No, Jujubees are are better though. But yes, you're right. Don't even like in, in a world where saltwater taffy and Jujubees and dots exist. It ain't talking. Nobody's talking because their mouths are sewn shut. Dentists. I imagine the dentists are. They're giving. They're they're keeping the. You know they're they're paying to keep that candy in business. You know what I'm saying? They also dentists who are also the ones that threw a little cash infusion into the candy maker. Ferrara Pan, who was making it back in the 30s when they were called Dorothy. It's like, you need to shorten the name because we need the business. So let's shorten Dorothy to Dot. We'll we'll keep you afloat. And maybe people will start abbreviating their children's names as a result. And then Ferrara Pan went public and banked. Oh, my God. Did you did you see? You just, by the way, did you just feel that or hear that? What? The earth just cracked, from, shattered from that Zoom. It's gigantic. Well, if you if you look down at if you look down the crevasse, you might see Vivian Nathan down there staring up. Well, you won't see her face because it's obscured, but you'll see the top of her forehead. Well, so Jane Fond is a prostitute in this. I wonder how wonder how this movie is perceived by the way, because I feel like I wonder how if it does it feel a little old. It, you know, obviously it's old, but does it feel a little? You know, it feels like at the time it was ahead of you know it's ahead of its time. It's kind of interrogating this character, talking about her sexuality, like her. You know, but I wonder how it's thought of now. You know, is it still thought of as like a progressive movie? Probably not. The director of Batman seems to like it. I mean, like the look of it. Uh, Jane Fonda I mean, drops f bombs. As a, an expletive and also describing sex, which I would mm-hmm. have to think wasn't common in the 70s, early 70s. She, um, she sort of came out against it a little bit uh, about the, fa- the fact that, do you hear, read about this where she said that getting a, a man who will care for her and take her away from that life is, the, is not going to change what's wrong with her. She thought it was a very simplistic view on a woman. That, yeah, that and it, it does have. I think it has a little white, the white knight thing in here. I, th- I think it's smart enough at the end where she doesn't go with him. You're right. Yeah. It does have a little bit of a white knight thing because I noticed in the disco <laughs> scene, Gregory Hines and Mikhail Brishnikov. <laughs> Do we mention that Stallone is in this? Did you say it? Not yet, but yeah, Stallone is apparently in the in this. Is it a scene we haven't gotten to yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dance scene. Roy Scheider, by the way, from Jaws. I, is a pimp in this? Is I, Jane Fonda's? I guess is it is it is it her pimp or ex, she worked for ex, herself? Used to work ex pimp, ex pimp. Yeah. But I, I saw something I didn't know I needed to see. Hmm. First appearance, Barefoot Scheider. Uh, what do you think? You know what? I remarkably solid feet for for a cute feet. I think he had cute feet. Yeah. I, and I, I was proved right because Wiki feet is. They have him in their um. They've had him in the the year he died. They had him in the WikiFeet remembrance reel. I know. You I, do you site. remember the Twitter mm-hmm. feed for Doctor Scholl went black for a day, and uh, it was just. It's weird that that feet because it just it says the name and it just shows their feet. Right, and you could tell yeah, sad music. Anyway, he's got a silver pillow in his scene because they go to his his apartment and he's got a uh, one silver pillow on his couch and a beautiful glowing ball light in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't notice it. I did notice that because I was f- fixed on his feet and his silver pillow. I, I, I'm not one. I don't like to cut corners and lie to the listener. I went and did a search for that ball on Google and could not yeah. find it because I would buy it today. So then they, the reason they're here is because you know Jane Fonda got beat up by a a John at one point, or you know I think yeah she got roughed up, but not John Clue and. Not to include a John. And so they go to talk, you know, 
she takes John Clute to this to to Roy Schreider to talk. Roy Schreider reveals that it was a prostitute that wrecked because they're, they're trying to figure out why he would you know if you remember who this guy was. And she said, he said, I don't, but I remember this other prostitute that was jealous of you recommended me like hook you up with this guy. And so, and that was Ar- Arlen Pate or no, it was, was it Jane McKenna. So this other prostitute that he says ends up, she copped out long ago, meaning she killed herself. Have you ever heard that term? She copped out? No. Meaning suicide? No. Well, we're in the weeds now though. We're deep in the weeds. Uh, they do go to an audition with her where she, she's a, doing like an Irish accent. It's pretty She's trying to be bad. Jane Fonda's trying to act like she's not very good in that scene. Right. She does a pretty good job. Clute likes her audition. Court, he please. says that she's great. He, he watches it. He's, she says, good job. He's right. a new fan. And she's sort of trying to get him to have sex with her. She thinks it'll change the dynamic and kind of get, you know, get move on to the next thing. And she he rebuffs her the first time. He does. And she's telling him about people that these weird guys in her life. And they're one of her, her customers... His fetish was he just liked to clean bathrooms. Have you heard of that fetish? I think I think that meant he tossed her salad. Uh-uh. Oh. He just wanted to come clean a bathroom. I need to rewatch the movie. I was instantly thinking it ass-eating. <laughs> just does housework. That's how he gets off. That makes sense, actually. You think so? Well, I mean, I guess it's the private room where the Jane Fonda spends time, so he wants to clean it up, get her, get... It makes you wonder... Out. You know, when you have like a, a pretty decent sized circle of friends, what kind of what weird, their what kind are? of weirdies are going on? Because I've had a few people that were casual friends, not close friends, that mm-hmm. got into serious trouble for things that they did. But I'm thinking serious trouble, like you mean with like cheating on their spouses or something? No, not, I'm, I'm, that's that's not cheat. That's I'm, I'm talking like serious trouble. Like like what? One of the guys that I was friends with in high school who was uh, sent to jail for rape. And, and of a minor. Oh, well, it's horrible. Yeah. Okay. Well, but he wasn't married at the time, so I guess it's fine by you. No, I'm just wondering if... Um, <laughs> I just was like thinking, okay, this is going to be an interesting story. And then, um, yeah, and it was. Where you tell me some craziness, and I can't wait to hear it. This guy used to collect baseball cards and come on them or something, and then you're like, oh, he was a, he's in jail for rape. Of a child. Yeah, so... Well, here's, hey, what's, here's what's even for, worse. That was less mm-hmm. than eight years ago. And then I saw him liking somebody's post very recently. So I guess he's out. So anyway. he's out of jail. Yeah, of course. There's somebody new. Yeah. How do you know this? Like- we were high school. We we're friends in high school. And then we would hang out. We had like a little group of friends that still, still visit each other every so-and-so. And he would show up to those. You don't, you're not friends with them on Facebook anymore. I don't think so. Maybe. Friend. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to get blocked from me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no it makes you wonder if uh if you know like you, you maybe you take a bunch of, like we did a we did a beach retreat a group of us friends a while back i think i don't think you went on that thing but it was a, a lot of people from our, our, our friendship circle and all that and, and i am and i'm and i am and i never invited uh, never invited anyway it would suck to walk in on in the bathroom somebody forgets to lock the door you know and they've got an entire they're having sex with a cornucopia, you know, like they're like, they're, they're, they're their pelvis is knee deep in the horn. <laughs> you don't want to find out that kind of shit about one of your goodies, you know, that's laughable though. Most of them. That's like, so fun. It's like, in a way it's funny and sad that you can't be that mad. Like you're like, man, I won't say anything, but maybe don't fuck the cornucopia again. Why? I think it, that you know? how upset I'd be would directly parallel how much they filled out that horn. <laughs> 
I was like, I'm grossed out, but I'm sort of impressed, you know? Right. Fair enough. You well, I don't know. You never know what people get up to. I can't believe Jim's got half a nanner. Let me see. He does have sex with her. He does. I'm trying to get to that point in my in my notes. They're cutting a rug. She's she goes. Remember that they go to the um, club. Yeah, we're just barreling through this. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to remember this part of my notes. I know it's bad. There's that sad scene when she's going through the the snaps of all the dead women. She's trying it's to way kind of, later. No, it's not. I'm just saying that that's a very interesting scene. She sees all these Polaroids of these these dead women. I think she's trying to identify the prostitute that maybe that, that committed suicide. And she's going going through all these photos. And it's a very kind of striking scene. Uh, then Clute has matching top and bottom PJs. That's, that's so what those I want to get. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got go to ask you to kind of bury a soul a little bit. It says yeah. it's, it's, this confession will say more about me than it does about you. Okay. But when she was looking through those photos, did you think that she might put them in a manila envelope marked save for Nick's Island? <laughs> uh, the one thing I thought was like some of the women in those pictures didn't look dead. They looked like they're they weren't acting dead correctly, and it made me happy because I would, didn't want to be looking at actual dead. Which photos is why it ain't so. coming to my island. <laughs> he wears the fucktest pajamas I think I've ever seen. So she's like, a, you know, they she gets a little startled in her apartment and she goes, knocks on his door and he's in this. I don't know where he is. He's like sleeping in like the basement. He's under the, the stairs in this. Yeah. Weird yeah, spot. Like, anyway, it's just really small one bedroom thing. And it's got a what one thing that struck me about it, it's got a bed and it's just this very like it's like a hovel, like little. And he's got a it's got a brown wall in it. He's got a pipe in there. <laughs> He's got his own private brown wall, like right by the bed, too. Yeah, like yeah. And I just that would how jazz would you have been if some as they were talking there was a flush? Oh my goodness! They heard, they heard the dulcet sounds of the dulcet tones of brown wall. Um, I, have, I have a feeling that there's a fan edit in our future. This is after he 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 realizes someone's on her rooftop creeping around. That's way earlier. Yeah, yeah. it's way earlier. It's the, but but yeah. yeah, there's more and more cause for her to get out of her apartment as the movie progresses. Yeah, she's feeling a little bit. Anyway, she, she goes to be with him. And she's used to men like they cannot wait for Jane Fonda or for Brie to come in here. And he's like got his, his matching top and bottom PJs on. He's rubbing sleep out of his eye. And he's like, yeah, you can stay here. And he offers her the bed and he pulls out the sub bed. Trundle, he's got like, like a, a bed under bed, the right? bed. Yeah. Trundle, right? And he pulls out this really flimsy mattress. I'll sleep here. She goes, face she down. pops face down on the on the bed and just doesn't move in her clothes with and her, her heels shoes on and yeah just, hanging off the bed yeah she just plops down and goes to sleep face down sweater over her, her head so then he gets his big old lanky form in that tiny little bed poor southern his little feet popping off that bed well no so now i'm gonna tell you we talked about roy scheider's feet Southern's a tall drink ass right he's <laughs> he got does, yeah. long ass feet huge king feet <laughs> But I'll tell yes, you, he his does. hands are medium sized at best. Huge zoom. That's the biggest zoom I've ever I, heard. There's a scene later on. I made I made sure to pay great attention to those phalanges. So I don't know if he's a member of Hollywood's hung jury or not. I don't know, but here's the thing that does happen. Jane Fonda then as Sutherland's sleeping, she rolls down on that the lower bed and goes in for the spoon or the spork. She goes right into that and then he stirs. And he's like, you know what? I can't. And they start making out. He's like, I can't resist. It's too much. And he rocks her fully in his PJs. <laughs> he doesn't take them off. 
Yeah. Nick, he keeps his PJs on, at least the tops. Yeah. Maybe he's a button freak. He likes to keep his buttons on, like his buttons in on without unbuttoning before he has sex. So afterwards, he's sitting there all solemnly, and, and she says that he was terrific, a real tiger. I have the note. Yeah, and that's, but she says it like, you know, she's giving him the little, you know. Pep talk. Pep talk, punch in the arm, and she says, are you upset because you didn't make me come? Right. And he says, now that you mentioned it, doesn't make me feel great. No, he didn't say anything. But she did, you get the sense that she's she's almost like she's been trying to kind of put him in the realm of like the, the people that she it's very transactional clients. Yeah. yeah. And he's but, you know, he's not like that. And she and she says it surprised me, too, because usually when I see somebody wearing insane asylum clothing while they're on top of me, I usually lose my load instantly. <laughs> but she he doesn't like this. She kind of is giving him making fun of him and and. In a way, later she says, "Like, did, you know, did we, you know, did the city break through your cold exterior?" Like, she kind of gives him this, like, "We get to you a little bit," and she's like, "She call he calls her pathetic, or what she's doing pathetic, which it kind of is in a way." Let's get um, let's talk about the elephant in the room. She owns a yeah. cat, and for the first hour and seventeen minutes, it's just cat food and talking to the unseen cat. We have the same notes. At, so at an hour and eighteen minutes, movie Bakula delivers what we've been wanting the entire time. And we, yeah. we get to see that little cutie. Is it a calico? Yeah, ish. Mm-hmm. The idea of them it's having a, very... a cat wrangler on set just made me so happy. The best thing that happens in the movie is at the end when she's moving out of her apartment. Why? John Clute goes down, grabs something. I was like, what is he? What's he holding there? Pet carrier, cat in there. He moves, he helps her with her cat. Yes, he does. Yeah, much later. And it's a 1970s pet carrier, so it looks pretty flimsy. Well, it's fit for a 1970s cat. But he does he does help her with her pussy. <laughs> Finally. Because <laughs> there's no O's for her on his watch. She's, she, later, she's talking to her therapist, and she drops a super zoom on her. I enjoy making love with him. Can you take yeah. all of these zoots out of that, out of that statement, please? Way to just she does though. Way to take all she's confused. Of, she's ugh. confused by her feelings for him, and that's the thing that it kind of bothers me a little bit is just the fact that he shows up and isn't like a client. Like he's just kind of and he doesn't do anything. He just shows up and like kind of is like bosses her around a little bit mm-hmm. and just is quiet. She's like, I don't know why I have such feelings for the strong feelings for this man, you know. And the therapist's only bit. dialogue in the whole movie practically is. She goes, I feel your pain. Let me guess. Long feet, short hands, low energy king. <laughs> remember the remember the hung jury? Or let me ask you this. Did he did he take his PJ tops off whenever you guys were bouncing around on that bed? Right. You, you did mention that there that there's a, a theoretical Stallone sighting in there. So there's a couple of scenes that take place with discotheques. Right. Which dates the yeah, film. She comes she she comes in at one point and she's kind of losing it and she, I don't know, she's drunk or something, but she's like that, yeah, kind of losing it at this club. And then she sits on this John Denver looking guy's lap, starts making out with them. For quite a while. And his mm-hmm. nerdy friend doesn't even look, like doesn't even bat an eyelash about it. Everybody, at first. Well, the other guys yeah. are sort of cheering him on, but there's this nerd that's, it's almost like they're blocking his mm-hmm. vision and that's irritating him. But of course, yeah, this is- who is there in the background moving nary a muscle? DC? John, DS, I mean? John Clute. Donnie Suths? Yep. Just sitting there, the rock and beat, not affecting him at all. Emotionless, mm-hmm. placid, very odd. Yeah, so she says, like, to her therapist, like you said, I enjoy making love with him, never felt that way before. And she says, 
She has a need to destroy what they have um, and get back to the comfort of being numb again. Like that's what she's. I she's like kind that of she talks about what they have. Diagnosing herself. Their yeah. relationship, like the love, could be narrowed down to her enjoying watching him squeeze peaches. Like that is. Well, that's what- the thing. She. There's a little bit of a moment here where you're talking about when they're they're out like almost on a date and he's like feeling fruit. And she's watching and then she sees some kids and she kind of looks longingly at these kids. And it's just like, that's supposed to, does she want this domestic life for herself? You know, that's, I guess that's what that's supposed to mean, you know, but I'm like, where's the murder? Let's get back to the murder mystery. And then they go, no problem. We're going to show this creepy guy in an office. And then he closes an electric door and has the photo of the moon landing on it. Yeah. You know, Uh, just, just in case you're wondering who the killer might be. Well, we didn't talk about. There's also a lot of to do with like these reel-to-reel tapes. Well, for a bit, and then she throws them in the trash, and you think we're done with them. But he, the killer has like recordings of of her and other things, and at one point plays a recording of her voice to her over the phone. Kind of reminded me of that show, Shining the Shining Girls. that's on Apple Plus a little bit. You almost got me real excited. You got um, me almost real excited. I thought we were about to start talking about shining through with Douglas and Melanie Griffith. There's there's a really interesting shot here where the the killer is looking out of this this window in a building and it kind of goes out and it just like the camera goes down and looks all the way down the building. I thought there's some nice shots and like kind of eerie stuff with the killer. And then the guy that is the killer who is connected to John Clute is a friend of John Clute, I think, like a business was a business partner with the guy that that, that that is gone that's missing. That guy's he was pretty effective in that role, I think. I think it was the salt a, and pepper hair that did it for you. He's just too he's just too calm and just and I, I, horrible. Yeah. And there's a cool scene of his silhouette that he he's got a nice shaped head. The antithesis yeah. of the therapist. Yeah, no, I do it's good. Except there's a scene where he um because John Clute has put sort of some stuff together and he talks with that guy. They meet and yeah. he needs to get some more money. So he can kind of put the, uh, the the bow around this case, and and of course, what he tells this guy, not knowing that he's a killer, kind of gets kicks things into overdrive for him. The movie lost me for a minute there, though. What well, does it? so? I think this, uh, and it could be me, but I think there's some confusing elements here around the killer. I, part of it is I think it, the movie just the best thing in this movie is Jane Fonda, so it just wants to spend time with that character and with her. I think John Clute kind of puts together that this guy is involved and he tricks him a little bit. He, he gives him some misinformation and to see and kind of see, I think that's what's happening. And, and then and it causes this guy to do some stuff. That's not what, why I left the movie. What happened? His it's helicopter not, makes what? a high pitched noise when it leaves and it pissed me off completely. <laughs> it really is. It was too high pitched of a helicopter. Can films yeah. and commercials stop? There's, there's a, I, I demand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care if you have smoking or sex or graphic violence in movies. Here's some things that need mm-hmm. to leave all movies and commercials, and I think 100% of the audience would agree with me. Okay. I don't need to hear alarm clocks going off ever in a movie. Okay. All right. I don't need to hear telephones ringing in a movie ever. It's simply too jarring, too annoying. I don't, when I hear an alarm clock, it triggers the worst the worst thing you know you hear an alarm clock instantly you're thinking about what that signifies to you now you, right. you're leaving the dream world you have to accept you have to step into real life well, I hear alarm clocks and commercials overuse it all the time gotta stop and telephone right. rings typically especially in old movies the volume is cranked up so much so that if you're watching a movie someplace especially 70s movies where the music is so spare it's just too much 
it's too loud. It's too, you know, I'll be in a hotel trying to be you know, respectful, watching something and all of a sudden violent loudness, you know, or I'll be, I'll be trying mm. to, I'll be relaxing, having a nice day. And then they'll blast my ears apart with an alarm clock going off. Must stop. Yeah. Okay. You feel like your, your peace like existence is, is shattered by these sounds. Well, I, I don't like when, I mean, I understand if it's a horror movie and they need the shock value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think that it's just, it's abusive to do that with the sound design uh, and any other cir- circumstance. We were, when I, w- I was in a hotel uh, recently with a couple of friends, we were, it, it was late and I were tired and we put the movie, the Batman on Matt Reese's the Batman on. And, and we were all, we fell asleep, all of us. And that movie does it in a, I guess it's, he was inspired by Clute because it, it goes from deathly quiet for 20 minutes to blowing mm-hmm. your ears off. Woke us all up and we were delirious. And I just. Does Batman get a call? In that case, it's it's just tons of gunshots that are way over cranked. Mm. I don't. You don't like loud. You don't like loudness. I don't like. I don't. I don't like people to uh, be inconsistent with the sound design unless it's for some sort of an effect. But even then. You, you would have thrived in the silent era. Maybe you would have complained, though. It's too quiet. You know. I think you. I think anybody can relate to this. Like, don't want to hear alarm clock sounds in film. I think that's that's the that's the hill I plan to die on. So one of her Johns is this older guy who runs a uh, like a fashion, you know, clothing manufacturer and stuff like that. We go there a couple times. The film's climactic scene takes place there. And who works there? Well, so she has a John, a guy, a seventy-year-old man that is a tailor that's been working at this factory since he's fourteen, and she goes in there and she kind of tells a long story and she strips for him, but they don't, they don't do anything else. Like she kind of just talks with him, gets a little sexy, but they don't have sex or anything. But who works She likes this Terry Gar. Edith Bunker. Terry Gar. Yeah. Edith Bunker's there, but Terry Gar is also in here somehow. She's like a secretary, I think for somebody. Maybe it's, maybe it's for the bad guy, but Terry Gar's in this movie who I love. Yeah, she's great. And Gene Stapleton, who I saw in person. That's Edith Bunker. Yeah, but I saw her in person. Which I, my family, my dad's side of the family has a cabin in Pennsylvania in Caledonia State Park. And there was a theater that I think that she co-owned. And one time I was walking by it as a kid. And I saw her, perf- not performing, but practicing or sitting there. And I, I recognize her from Archie. Do you, can I zoom in? Her, story her, suck. her sister Maureen was an actress as well. She was in Johnny Dangerously. There you go. But that's not the best employee of this place. Did you notice the collapse of form? I did. C O L L A P S dash A dash yep. form. Not, not, yeah, you know, there was no E D. No, no, it must have autocorrected on this for me. But yeah, collapse a, a form is the name of the mannequin. Right, a little little mannequin, yeah, that you can dress. And you, so Jane Fonda says, we both take, gonna, we both wrote collapse of form down. We did. We wrote about the same notes. Here, here's the thing. Did you notice in the middle of the table that Jane Fonda is waiting at? There's a Maxwell House can of coffee. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you write that down? So I was thrilled to see that. What Jane Fonda says here is like, look, things are getting weird. I, I feel I'm getting stalked. Let me go to the creepy warehouse and stay here whenever after all the employees leave and hope I'm safe. You know, basically, you know, basically waiting in the creepiest place possible. Yeah. You know, she's trying to see this this John of hers, and he's gone for the day, right? Mister Goldfarb. He left bucks behind, but yeah, he left a letter and do, some money. Do you remember the and, six likes I got on my Twitter joke about Maxwell House? No, I said I was so broke when I grew up that we had to drink Maxwell Apartment. 
Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I think I got six. Did likes. I like it? I don't think so. I think I got six likes on that one. That's a couple of years ago. I'll have to go find it. It's huge. Anyway, so the killer, he follows her here. He, and he, he does. And he hides and she finds him. Do you remember the killer's name? And I could look at it. Name's Peter Cable. Pretty cool name for a killer. Shortly before that, Donald Sutherland rocks a short sleeve dress shirt with a tie. And I know you want he to does. talk about the killer in this crime story, but can we talk? Mm. The, can we quickly just dwell on the fact he's wearing a short sleeve white dress shirt with a tie? It's a clue shirt. It's a clue shirt. He the, he is a. Yeah, he's a fashion icon. Did, did he, was he a fashion icon? Because I, I saw some behind the scenes stuff where he's wearing like a old like Civil War hat, you know, like or something in a cab. Like he had he had a crazy style that he was rocking off set, like when he wasn't acting. So is he is he considered like kind of a cool like fashionista? Yeah, I mean, in heaven help us, he wore monk's clothing. So he did. He kept those. Has he ever? Has he ever? Like uh, on screen, has he ever had energy? One hundred percent. And the backdraft, he's, Name, he's. You remember how he's creepy? Talk about the animal, and yeah, he's very energetic in that. He's energetic in Space Cowboys. I didn't see it. Great movie. Is it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sutherland, he's energetic in a certain scene in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He is. He does the scream, right? Sutherland is a is a miracle. I'll accept no substitutes. End of conversation. His son's bouncing off the walls. That guy, talk about how oh, energy. God, you're not Rosef. Rosef? Oh, yeah. Kiefer is a, made, a low. Okay, Rosef is bouncing off the wall because his apartment's so small. <laughs> and Rogue. Also, how, how many sons? How many? Three. Sons. At least three. Sons does he have? Does we he talked have, about he this has, too many daughter, times. Right? Rogue, I gotta know. Rosef, and Kiefer. Who's the daughter? Summer Souther. He's. Rachel Sutherland, Angus Sutherland in this. Do you know Angus? Yeah. He has four boys and one girl. I want to tell you, to be a fly on the wall at Thanksgiving. <laughs> Sutherland has just carved the turkey because he's a do-it-yourselfer. He has the wishbone out. And then fucking Rosef's like, did you really fuck her in Wait Until Dark? Was that the movie? Or what was the movie where he's... Yeah. No, no, wait, is it, it's not, it's look, 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 don't look, look now. Look, don't look now. Yeah. Julie Christie. Is it? Wait a minute. Did Nicholas Rogue direct that? Yeah. And does his son name Rogue? Is that kid the product so. of that sexual? Did he name his son after that screen sex? Did he fuck? <laughs> did we see Rogue's creation on screen? Well, first of all, we didn't because I don't think he had a baby with Julie Christie, but he seems to be fond of that director and he named his child after him unless i'm wrong he did direct that movie i think though yep he did direct and the it. rumor the rumor is that there's a sex scene between um and people know this julie christie and donald sutherland in that film and a lot of time long time people thought that it was a real that they really had sex and the rumor like somebody confirmed it i think but i don't think it's true um uh, we we didn't mention that her apartment gets tossed when they're out on that date that you mentioned, when he's squeezing fruit, it, she, he this somebody trashes her place and and actually I think ejaculates on her underwear. He does, which is not cool. Killer is a piece of shit, and he lays out what happened was the guy that's been missing. This killer was with a prostitute. They're they're friends. They're partner. They're business partners. This guy was with 
um, a prostitute and he, he hit her, I think. And his friend came rushing into the room because he heard the woman scream. And the guy's like, I just saw the look on his face, this look of shame and whatever. And he ended up killing that guy. And I think also the prostitute. And then more people and then after he, that too. Then more people after, yeah. And he tries to kill Jane Fonda. Let's not let's not forget that. Well, he also plays a tape of him killing another prostitute that's really horrific. And Jane Fonda, as it's as he's talking to this woman, recording it and kind of lulling her into like a just pretending he, he's not going to hurt her, and then he starts to kill her. Jane Fonda's like doing a real cry. It's not and everything. Yeah, lots of snot. She wipes that snot away bare fist. Doesn't wipe the fist. Mm-hmm. That's how she got the Oscar. No. She's, they're like, you're real snotted. For, she really cried for sure. That's a real cry. For consider, not a fake. The for your consideration ad in Variety was her wiping snot. I, I mean, she did drip some snot out, but I have to admit, fine. It's cute. I think a lot of people wouldn't be able to pull it off. They, right. they look pretty gross. No, no, no it, he pulled it no, off onto the, onto the underwear. I think you're getting them confused. <laughs> anyway, so then luckily White Knight shows up, Donald Sutherland, and he pulls a gun as this guy's attacking Jane Fonda and the guy looks at Donald Sutherland for a second and then jumps backwards out the window to his death. Yeah. So the white knight is sort of the glass or the ground. He doesn't put up a fight. He just decides it's, it's done. His crime spree is over. And, yeah. then, and then the next scene, I, I love it. So, so her, her, she is, there's a night, you know, you hear her talking to her therapist via voiceover about her not still not com- being able to commit to clue. And, but the, Right. We see her her apartment, which is now empty for the most part, except for some luggage and stuff, and her and, and, and Clue are in there. Phone rings mm-hmm. right before she leaves. Did you write this note down? Uh, I don't know. No. Roy ain't getting laid tonight. Why? Because Roy is trying to get a hold of his hooker, and she she says no. She says, I'm leaving town. I don't think I'm coming back. So, Oh, his name is Roy? Yeah. It pisses me off because mm-hmm. Roy... You know, blue balls all night. Do you think that? Do you think that the last joke that they had in the movie? It's such a solemn and kind of serious film, but I, ending it on a joke, I thought was a wrong choice. When they're sitting at the kitchen table eating breakfast, and and Donald Sutherland's like, "Is are you done? Are you still you still going to turn tricks?" And she said, "Yeah, I turn tricks when I put my spoon into the cereal bowl, and she takes a big bite of tricks cereal." Right. I was like, I think that's the wrong note, Alan J. Pakula. And my friend from you high know, school says happy- tricks are for kids. And then he went, what? what is it for it? Oh, for God's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> Christ. And then the shortest credits in history happen. Yeah, it really is. A, it was quick. Because I wanted to find out who um, the cat wrangler was, and I was deprived. I wanted to find, that's so funny, I wanted to see what the cat's name was. Because you know how these sites will have like animals in film. Right. I'll save you the trouble. Is dot. There, there's a note. They said that she Brie licks the same spoon she feeds the cat with. I didn't notice that. Killer hired hired Clute. Cable hired Clute to do this, by the way. Which is kind of it's talk about throwing shade. He, that's how he felt he was as a, a detective. <laughs> okay, there is way too many shits about this cat on the internet. Like, what's it saying? Kitty cameo. Is there, is there a cat in this movie? Is there a cat in this movie? What happened to the cat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I want to find How, the cat's name. Fonda eating cat food? Yeah, I don't know. I can't find much about it. What is it been lost to the sands of time? Like, what's the cat's real name? We should start. If there's not a site that just details pets and film. Does anybody know what happened to the cat? We should start that. Unbelievable. It's a mystery. I'd like to think that that cat still walks the earth. Oldest cat in, in the history of cats. 50-something years old walking around. 
That'd be amazing. Longest living cat. Still pulling um, residuals from Clue. I'd like to think that Sylvester Stallone has a, an age-defying effect on animals. I mean, Cuff and Link are still alive. Now, granted, but Buckus passed, but I'd like to think that can we name this cat? We got to. I think it should be a, like sort of a a nud, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge at her profession. Maybe it looked like a Stephen to me, but you have something better. <laughs> Stephen the cat. I I, I mean, I, like Tricky. You know, it might be a cute one. Or, it's, cute. Or it's a cute name for a cat. Johnny. I think she wouldn't necessarily want to rem- even put that on her cat. Remind The cat reminds her of the life. What about Dylan Harwood? Yeah, I like that. Or Give it a, give it two names. Or Pimp Cat. You know. <laughs> I like it. Cutie. That cat was cute. Yeah, it, it fortunately died by suicide. Flung itself into a hot lava, apparently. That's what Wikipedia says. <laughs> into a hot lava. Yeah. yeah. No, into hot lava, mm-hmm. or 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 maybe they found out that cats are dangerously allergic to orange Julius. Flung it says here, says flung itself into an active volcano on purpose, and then doesn't have any other details. Yeah. Oh, says left a note. <laughs> Said meow. Cat from Clute has died. <laughs> front, front page news. What? That's just so worrying. That, and, like, and the newscaster is forced to read the suicide note on the air. I'm going to try to read it in its voice. Meow. I mean, what good's the internet? Why exist if we can't get any information about this cat? Like, there's got to be something, you know? Right. I mean, every someone's obsessed with stuff. Like, no matter what it is, there's got to be somebody that has wondered this before. I think it'd be great if there was a piece of its dander on Sutherland's short sleeve shirt, and the killer actually leapt out of the window because he's horrifically allergic to it. <laughs> what if it was like Donald Sutherland, like a 2000, you know, 18 interview was bad mouthing the cat? Yeah, we didn't really get along. I hate. They'd use the stuffed animal sometimes when I was in the scene. Remember the name of the funeral home that she lived above, no, by the way? That's just, they have the sign in big letters. Buckley. Yeah. Funeral home. That's not a bad name for an animal. Buckley? Mm-hmm. I think there's plenty of animals with that name. All right. Uh, I think it'd be funny if the cat's name was Angus, and that's who he named his... Uh, he names he names his kids <laughs> all after shit that happens in the... In his movies, if he if he would have named one, he would have been the the legend of the legend. If he named one of his children, Clute, <laughs> Clute Sutherland. He he was listening to Cinderella when Kiefer was born, so that makes all the sense in the world. Unfortunately, he, he had a child that was lost in, in Euro, and that child that child's name was uh, the cat from Clute. The room was painted and embroidered pillows. It's a shame they had to part with that shit. I'm so sorry to hear this. Yeah. They cut. Yeah. He talks about it in that extended cut of JFK during the. Uh, he's talking about Kennedy yeah. for most of it, and he's like, he goes into a little subplot. It's like one of the other potential uh, members of this conspiracy was the cat from Clute. By the way, speaking of, there is a one of the things that she has on her wall. In her is it is it is Kennedy drawing? It's Kennedy, yeah, drawing of like a uh, pencil drawing of, of or pen drawing of uh, Robert JFK. Oh, see, I, I thought it looked like Kennedy. It could have been William Devane. I couldn't tell. 
It could, it could have been, yeah, maybe what, that'd be amazing. Yeah. It's a vein. That'd be my name if I was um, a, a chef at a seafood restaurant, by the way, William D. Vane. Um, look, you have been asked to get a tattoo from the movie Clue. Put it on your person. Right. What are you going to do? I've been considering getting a tattoo lately. I'm get, I'm almost 50. I, don't you have to do, like, don't you have to get a tattoo, like, midlife? Uh, so I got to go back through all our episodes and just pick out the one that, maybe I'll do a Clue tattoo. I think, honestly, if you were to get one tattoo, it's going to be a total cereal box. I think that might be the, that be, might be the first tattoo we ever did was for Irishman. When you think of tattoos, I mean, you just probably think of me. Like, what a cool person. To, he, he can pull it off. Right. So do you think I could pull off a clue tattoo? Let's think about this. 200%. What, 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 clat, what tattoo? Clat to. Barada. I mean, I just get the collapsiform tattoo, the, the, the naked mannequin, the dress mannequin, or whatever those things are called, with collapsiform tattooed on it. It's a call, you know, and that would just be my whole body. If I remember right, it's armless and headless and legless. It is. Which may have inspired Roy Scheider for Jaws 2. And so, yeah, I get that. I get the, I guess I will get the collapsiform somewhere. Maybe not so big. Maybe I just get it on my shoulder, collapsiform, you know, and then just have some, have, and you know, you said it's, it's armless, legless. Headless, right? But I would put Roy Scheider's perfect feet under it. It's adorable. Yeah, tattoo those those hooves, you know. I think it extends his legacy a few more years. What about you? What would you put on yourself? I would get a disco dancing Stallone, of course. It would be I could did you see him did you find him in that? No, but I could I could in my mind's eye I got it locked up. You know, he's in a he's in a one of those, you know, very stiff blazers you know bell bottomy right. type pants huge lapels on the on his shirt and he's in a he's, sure, in, yeah. he's sort of like in a saturday night live position and it's just looking sexy as shit it's on my sternum there's a disco ball above and his dicks out um so look the movie's over no, here's the, this is the this is the best thing of all time that stallone is in this movie okay this is the best thing because that means at some point he's talking about how he's i'm in clute he's saying clute a lot to people Clute is coming out of Stallone's mouth in his Stallone like lisp. This is this Hello, is a Clute. good this Hello, is good Clute. information to have. He's talking about Clute. How would it sound? You do a, you do a better Stallone. I can't do a Stallone. I need Clute. <laughs> That's seventy one era Stallone. That's what I was doing there. But <laughs> it's a blink and you missed. I, I like but. the idea that he was probably in between shots trying to get close to Roy Scheider. Trying to get close or to Jane Donald, Fonda. Or, I'm getting there. Trying to get close to Donald Suth. Trying to get close to mm-hmm. Jane Fonda. You know, looking for someone to play Adrian in this thing. I'm like, you know. She's like, get this security. This guy's half <laughs> of his face is, doesn't move. He probably saw that hair was like, never, nope. never mind. Yeah. Are you Noel or Liam? Oh, you're Jane Fonda. Okay. Stallone saying Clute is. I'd love to hear it. Right. Maybe we could find a clip of him talking about this movie where he says it. But yeah, he's certainly a blink and you miss it or even you can't even see it. Like I just did not find Stallone. Fuck that. Let's get on cam. Let's Stallone? get him on cameo. Stallone, we need you to well, take clue. He's not he's not on cameo. We can get Frank on it and ask Frank. Yeah. There's no way Frank's not on cameo, right? Yeah. Film has ended. Yeah. Credits have rolled mm-hmm. very quickly. But lo and behold, there's a little treat at the end of this film. A little stinger. Like an extra scene? Yeah. yeah. Mine is super simple. The building, they were on the first floor. Killer jumps out. Lands on a pillow. 
It's fine. Is it a poop-filled pillow? <laughs> and he has silver pillow. He has positioned a uh, retooled mannequin with his claps-a-form. He's got his painted his face on it. He's got his blood, his cum, his hair, everything all over it. And he sure. and he hops into the waiting helicopter and skedaddles. I think it's called Island Helicopters. Is like the outfit that he jumps in there. Yeah, so he is out of there. Yeah, huh? he leaves behind a, a fake of himself. So maybe maybe someday DNA testing will come into play. So he's got he's rubbed all of his blood and cum and hair all over it. Mine is she's in her new apartment and she's you know it's she's happy she's she's kind of left the life behind a little bit, but she's still living by herself. She gets a call and she's like you, she could see she's angry. She's hello and she's angry. She's like how'd you get this number? He's like look I got your number. I you know I heard that you trade in sexual fantasies and I have a very particular one. I bite shopping carts. I bite a shopping cart and I like to someone watch me do that it. That is the deepest cut we've ever had on this show. <laughs> can you come to can you come to Ingalls and watch me bite a shopping cart for six million dollars? <laughs> but I must pronounce this shopping cart. Exactly. Right. Look, escrow happened mm-hmm. and uh, they've decided to greenlight a sequel to Clue. How would you spend yeah. that hard earned? Sequel, man. They never did a sequel, huh? There's no clue to. Are you sure? Pretty sure. God, I can't believe they didn't franchise it. They should have. I don't know. What would be a good sequel? Well, my, mine is called Clue 2, and instead of the T, the number two is there. Of course. You have to do that, yeah. yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, John Clute did not He did not maintain his relationship with Bree. They, were, they yeah. weren't able to make it happen. But he has be, he's, he's no longer a private investigator. He just he made his, you know, he made his, his name doing that, and now he is a motivational speaker to get people mm-hmm. jazzed up, you know, about life. And so, right. you know, it's the movie. It's the whole movie takes place in the auditorium where he's giving a speech. You see a bunch of people file in, they're given a, mm-hmm. uh, a just a little stick of, of masking tape as they go in. And the lady hands it to him and says, don't, don't stick this to anything yet. You're going to need it on the way out. They're like whatever. So there's a bunch of people in the audience listening to the motivational speakings of John Clute. And they're holding on this piece of masking tape. He, d- he delivers his low energy speech and they file out morosely and each one of them, the lady is waiting at the end of his speech and she asks for their tape. She puts a razor blade on it and then tapes it to their wrist so they can use it when they get home. <laughs> well, my sequel is Did I steal yours. My sequel is Hasbro sues John Clute. I'm listening. You know, Hasbro, they produce the, the game Clue. And they find out about this man, John Clute, and they think he's too similar to Clue, so they take him to trial. Mm-hmm. And it's just ridiculous. It's a frivolous lawsuit because that's ridiculous. This is God-given name. And it, it's not even the same. Clue and Clute, they sound similar, but there's a T in Clue, and it starts with a K. I mean, it's ridiculous. And he was, John he was Cl- going manic over peaches, not plums. <laughs> Yes. And so anyway, he can't believe it. It was a waste of his time. He defends himself. He can't believe this is happening. Like what the, like he's not going to change his name. He loses the case and he gets put on death row <laughs> and executed. I'm sorry, executed. So he's killed. He he's killed in the death chamber with the syringe by Warden Drumgool. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, is yeah. that where he and Stallone started that relationship that led to lockup? Maybe. And they acted before. Yeah. That's a good that's a super zoom. Look, you're in the movie. 
you've been added into the running time of Clute. What shape does your performance yeah. take? Well, that's a good question. I should have saved the bus shopping cart guy. I'm his brother. It's a good character. Who Clute? Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. his brother. Scoot Clute. <laughs> and I'm not a private yeah. I'm not a private dick. Sure. But I love to hump prostitutes. Love humping them. And critters. Love sure. both of those sexual things. My fetish is I, I like when they sneeze on my dick. <laughs> so I show up to their, you know, I to the meeting of the tryst with two things and two things alone. I got a speedo and, and a and a ziploc full of black pepper. <laughs> I only leave it one of those things. <laughs> Scoot clue, yeah. huh? I'm Roy Scheider's cat. <laughs> Not Schrodinger's cat or whatever. Schrodinger's cat. Mm-mm. Roy cat, and I'm fucking pissed. I'm mad because Bree's cat has stopped working for me. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm upset. Oh, that's my that's my entire character. Were you waiting is for one? Is it a pimp? Another? A- yes. He's a pimp cat. And Bree's cat works for He's part, you know. Cat girl, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something funny to say, but I'll just end it there. I mean, Pimp Cat's funny enough. Give me a, a break. Morristitute. Morristitute? What was the Morris a, a pitchman for? Was it Nine Lives? Chuck Wagon? It's for dogs. It's Chuck Wagon cat food? That's dog food. Dog food, yeah, you're right. Well, Chuck Wagon, I remember those. I guess Morris was probably Nine Lives, yeah. Perina? Cat show? Is it- Turns ticks. <laughs> <laughs> Our show is worthwhile. I will say that. It's worthwhile. <laughs> You've been given the financing to have your own business associated with Clue. What'd you do? I got an incredible business idea, Seriously. actually. I'm producing a new musical instrument called the Clute. Okay. Okay. But it's just a fl- it's just a flute. That you blow into it's called the Clute, but it's shaped like a supine Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Okay, and you blow into his head. The holes are like his suit buttons. Nice. You know, for his little button freak. And then the sound comes out his feet. Clute. Blows out. <laughs> it's a clute. It's like a sh- it's shaped as Sutherland. I think it could. I mean, this. I, can you imagine? You know what's funny is there was a period in my life whenever I'd see an actor, I'd think of them as a wind instrument. Okay. I'm glad you brought it all full circle for me. I thought I was crazy. Back there you then. go. Yep. Can you imagine rocking that in like an or- orchestra? It's a flute. It's kind of like a piccolo, right? Like you kind of play it and you're like to your side. So you're blowing into his face. More like an oboe, I think. Maybe. A piccolo is similar as well. Yeah. Piccolo is the cutest named instrument, probably. Zoom in. You know who disagrees? Hmm. Makers of Brian's song. Oh, man. You're right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start a business. It's a private eye firm. Okay. And my training regimen is very simple. You show up, and I just teach you how to camp around, camp out, like around the hottest. Okay. And then just eventually right. try to get your body inside their body. It's kind of what happened in Sharky's Machine. You're right. This movie is a soulmate. If you were to take Sharky's Machine and blow out and rear window, pretty woman. Wait, is she a hooker in Sharky's Star- Machine? And Stargate. She, she's a Stargate too. She's not a hooker. I think she in might be. Sharky's Machine. Oh, she might be. Actually, so we don't even need right. to add any other hooker movies. What are we saying Stargate? I just wanted to add one more in. I like Stargate. Look, you have to take a, a something from this movie and, and add it to your everyday life. It's part of your ritual, part of your mantra, part of your life. How do you incorporate Clute into that? 
It's a good question. What I'm going to incorporate in my life, I don't know what your bedtime routine is. I don't know what you wear to bed. I just t-shirts. I use, I kind of have uh, flannel pajama bombs. I, I don't know if you sleep naked. I don't really need to know, but if you could lay it out, I'm going to, I'm getting high end PJs matching top and bottoms. The kind of, you have to button and have the, have the collar, I guess the seventies type of PJs, but get comfy, like dress up for sleep. That's what I'm going to start doing. Which com- dress up for my, I'm going to dress up for my dreams, Nick. What about you? What comedian did a bit where they're sleep- talking about the pockets in their, in their pajamas. It was a Mitch Hedberg. I don't know. I don't. Doesn't sound familiar. There, what a comedian does a really funny bit about pajamas with pockets in them. Yeah. I don't, I don't. How, how? What's your sleep? What are you doing with sleep when you go to sleep? Honestly, it's. It, what do you I, don't, I, I have sleeping pants, as Steve calls them. But honestly, it's a it's a case by case. Depends on on the situation. You go naked? No, no sure. No, it depends on how hot it is too. I like I like to be a little sockless. Do you put socks on? Who the or fuck no? sleeps in socks? That's the worst feeling in the world. People do it. People sleep in socks. I don't, I'm trying to get a picture. When I when I wake up and ha- having fallen asleep with socks on, I feel disgusted. Do well, you wear gloves? <laughs> no. What about a hat? Do you have like a stocking cap, like a Rip Van Rip Van Winkle hat? I wear a parachute. <laughs> That's about it. Just in case. A Rip Van Winkle cap. Those are so cute. Yeah, those are amazing. No, nah, t-shirt and right. boxers is the best for me. But I, I, I you know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. where's the weirdest thing you've fallen asleep in? I don't mind falling asleep in socks, by the way. Uh, I feel um, picky afterwards. Weirdest thing I fell asleep in? I fell asleep. You I have fell one? asleep in a suit. Were you drunk? No, I was just. I think I was exhausted. I may have had a little bit, but no, I, I think I was just exhausted. Yeah. And I just took a breather. You know, I was like, let me let me get a breather, and then I woke up hours and hours later. Wow, you really hit the hay, huh? Yeah. Was it comfortable? Would you wake up happy, or was uh, it I like, hated no, myself? I was constricted. I don't like dressing yeah. up when I'm vertical. God's sakes. I, and I, my, I'm t- my mantra is similar, actually, over my ritual. I am also, especially in the summertime, I'm wearing that those pajamas underneath everything. Right. Yeah, I wear them under shorts. Shorts and a tank top, but those pajamas underneath. It's a good look. What about you? What, That's what I'm saying. That's you... mine. That's what I'm doing. What? I'm wearing, uh, my, 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 my ritual is I wear his, that same exact pajama ensemble underneath everything I wear. Every, under what you wear. Every day. Okay, fair. Okay. I'm wearing it now. Fair enough. You feel a little closer to DS, huh? Did they name the D- Nintendo DS after Donald yep. Sutherland, by yep. the way? Is that what yep. that's a, that is? It's a huge Zoom. The, so the full name is the Nintendo Donald Sutherland? Yeah. <laughs> I never knew. Do you think out of all the Sutherland kids, Rogue One? Or is You're on an island. Not, not, I couldn't make it work. Not unlike, I tried. I tried. Not unlike Scarif. And you have... <laughs> Gathered debris from all these films over these many years, and now it's time to take something from Clute. I mean, I'm taking that glowing light ball from Roy Scheider's apartment. You are? And I've got a little shelf facing Slaughter Bay that I have it on position so that I can stand there and gaze into the waters with that little glowing ball next to me. As the sun goes down and the moon rises on Slaughter Bay, I got that little light source. Slaughter Bay, huh? Yeah. That's a little inlet I've named on my island. It's where, Not surprising. It's where a good percentage of those dirty minutes wind up. I'm tempted to take Terry Gar. I love Terry Gar. Mm-hmm. She's like one of my favorites. But maybe she won't want to be there, so I'm not going to take her. But I'm tempted. Early Terry Gar performances, she's just like kind of heard, not really seen. Mm-hmm. Happy to see her. One of the best, one of the funniest. I love her. I'm going to take, I don't know if you remember, there's a table in there 
Uh, early on in the movie, she goes to, I don't know where she goes or he goes, but there's a table that's crazy looking. It has a glass top underneath is like a stone horse with a saddle on it. That's holding up this glass table. And then, the, and it's like kind of almost like a Chinese, like horse, like, like, like a dragon face mm-hmm. or something on it. Do you remember this? Did you remember this at all? Did you jot this down? I would take that table, that coffee table, you know, to entertain. Ooh. You know, I'd make a, I'd make a coconut version of Terry Gar. I'm not going to take her. I wouldn't do it. Right. But I'd make a coconut version of her or uh, some kind of approximation of Terry Gar. Like you'd put some blonde, you'd try to get like a, like, you know, there's like that fuzz on a coconut on the, on the surface. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. get a blonde hue to it so that it looks sort of like her hair. Right? Sure. I'm not getting, cut, don't cut get weird on it. In the middle. Don't get all weird on it. It would just be friends. I wouldn't be weird on it. Not not at first. Or you might be, you know, cut two holes in it. You know, maybe, you know. No, I don't, I don't want it to. I'm not longer, no longer doing that. You made it gross. Well, you need to, well, you got to drain the milk. You got to drain Ter- Terry Gar's milk. That's what the holes are for. Really not take it. But why did I say it? I don't, I'm not going to do it anymore. So I'm going to entertain, um, just the crabs and the creepers that run around there, the lizards. Yeah. Okay, but I can, you know, have a coffee table on the island. Large enough crabs to cut a hole in it. And when you're not looking, and when you're not looking, yeah. the coconut version of Terry Gar comes out. I sit her there and we talk, play cards. Right. When you're not looking. And when I see you looking, I kick her, I kick her <laughs> away real quick <laughs> so you don't notice. Right. It's lonely on my island. I don't take many things. I don't take people like you do to torture and from the movies and to late at night when you go to sleep, I have a rowboat that I take over your island <laughs> and under the moon's oh light. God. <laughs> I look for milky plugs on the ground. <laughs> yep. Oh man. How do you like that sand trap, that pit that I just, that you just fell into? Cause I had booby trapped my island and now you're stuck. The, did I tell you I took a rogue boat? Slow, 
shadows He'd come stalking Better jail cell alive And drugs not dead But hindsight is Clock creeps along, finding a roost. The darkening sky opens up, sheets of rain form reflecting pools where true faces show.